Hello and welcome to the ETOP21 Sports Podcast for February 10th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOP21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOP21, on Instagram at ETOP21 Sports underscore. Videos, the ETOP21 Sports Show at ETOP21 Sports on YouTube and as always on TikTok. Wow, it is an absolute loaded week of sports with the Super Bowl and the NBA trade deadline and a lot of moves going on. We have a phenomenal show for you lined up. I'm going to be talking about the NBA trade deadline, what I think about the moves made, and Nick at NAA Fantasy is going to come on. Him and I are going to be talking about the DFS slate for the big game, the Super Bowl, and then David at Better DP21 on Instagram and Twitter. Him and I are going to tell you what bets to lock in. So let's jump right into this NBA talk. So basically what's going to happen is I'm just going to run down the teams with their current standings, giving you my thought and what they did and if it made sense to me. Celtics, obviously, they added the big man from the Thunder, adds a little depth behind Robert Williams. They kept the core intact. My main thing with them is they have the orbital bone fracture. That's what I'm hearing it is from my source inside the Celtics. How long is Jalen Brown going to be out? I heard they almost pulled the trigger and traded Brown to Durant, but Durant did not want to go to Boston. That's what I'm hearing. I don't know. It could be wrong. I'm just sharing you guys my intel. Bucks added Jay Crowder. Obviously, that gives him... A defensive wing, which is absolutely huge. Someone who can proven he can knock down a three-pointer, which they definitely need when people start doubling Giannis, Middleton, and Drew drives and can kick. I really think they almost hit a home run. Sharms is reporting they made a heavy push for Van Vliet. Jesus, if they would be running out Van Vliet, Giannis, Drew, Middleton, that would have been insane. I definitely think this team has value to win it all. I locked them in at 8-1. to one. They're down a little bit lower than that. I'm seeing them at 4-1 to one plus 350. I wouldn't do it that low. I really like this team moving forward, though. They have the championship pedigree. And let's face it, Holiday and Milton haven't lost a playoff series when all healthy. They do have Joe Ingles. They have some pieces. I definitely think they're going to be a player in the buyout market. Have this be a William Burton a Reggie Jackson, someone like that looking to get a little bit of a point guard depth. 76ers, they're staying put with what they have. Cavs, Nets. I'm going to say this. The thing the thing that the Nets did is they added some pieces. Obviously, the whole Durant thing, I think, look, from what I was told, Durant was like, I want to revisit what is going on right before the trade deadline and if i want to be traded let's see if we can work something out he had a good relationship with the management that's why they sent him to where he wanted to go basically in phoenix honestly if i was the nets i would have kept him because i'll be honest with the package you got from kyrie irving i really think you can win now in the east and you can win at least one maybe even two playoff series with Dimwitty, Durant, Joe Harris, 
DFS, Finney Smith, Curry. With those pieces, you have something that can win. A little bit weird, I thought, that they did that. They shipped Kyrie to Dallas where he didn't want to go. I think that's a little bit funny. And don't get me wrong, Kyrie, for as much as I shit on Kyrie, and I do shit on Kyrie because I think the one thing he's showing is he can't be trusted just because he flakes out, he disappears, he does his own thing. Look, you can believe what you want to believe, but for me to pay you $200 million a year, you have to be reliable. And he's shown he's not reliable. Don't get me wrong, last two months he has. He's been playing at a great level, and this is probably the first time in his career he's taken players and made them better. But it was just too big of a small of a sample size. The one thing that the Nets did is the Nets went from a place where, hey, I'm going to be playing against Durant. I'm going to be playing against Irving. I have to be ready to go. Now you have all these guys that are basically just like role players. Dimwitty, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Joe Harris, where these guys going into this game may not be as locked in and they could sneak out a couple wins and have a couple more easier games and they're going to make the playoffs with this roster. That's what people need to realize. So I think the Nets are in a decent position. I do think they need to get somebody, get a star because they are in the New York market. He, I'll say it, the Heat effed up. They signed Duncan Robinson. They need to get rid of Duncan Robinson, need to get rid of Kyle Lowry, but they just can't find any takers. So now they're locked into these positions on these guys. And Jimmy Butler, who's been one of the best playoff basketball players the last couple of years, this window is closing and it's closing quicker than people realize. And I just, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do anything with the current roster that they have. Knicks, obviously they got rid of Reddish. Look, I've been saying it. One of my good friends was at a basketball camp Reddish went to, and his quote was this. Reddish was always ready to play in the games, never ready to drill. And that's been my thing with Cam Reddish. He's never been willing to put in the work, and that's why I said he wasn't going to be a good NBA player. Everywhere he goes, it's because it's never his fault. Kind of the same thing about Kyrie. But he's just not anywhere near the ball player Kyrie is. So I think it was good. They got Josh Hart, reuniting with Brunson. Hart, Tibbs has always wanted. I think that's a good move. Hawks, I'll say it. I've never been a Trey Young guy. I think they should have moved Trey Young. I think they should totally have moved Trey Young, get what they could have gotten from him. I am not a Trey Young guy. I was a little surprised, though, that the Bulls didn't move on from Levine or DeRozan, try to do a hard reset, get something going in the right direction. Because, guys, let's face it. This team isn't working, and the Magic own their next couple of draft picks because of the Vucicic trade. So a little surprised the Bulls didn't do something, but I think the biggest thing to me was the Raptors trading for Jakob Pearl showed that, hey, they're going to be re-signing Fred Van Veek because they didn't move him, and this tells me they're going to go forward with Van Veek, OJ Ananobli, who's going to come up. OJ and Lenormand, Gary Trent, who will come off the bench. You can move Siakam back to the power forward position, not play so many center minutes. And then you can roll out with Pirtle as your starting center. So it told me the Raptors aren't rebuilding. They are moving forward. Wizards, I mean, guys, let's face it. Why the hell are the Wizards not unloading Bradley Peel 
and Christoph Porzingis, who's playing great. This team needs to sell off his assets, do a complete tank, complete, absolute rebuild. Pacers, I'll tell you what about the Pacers. I think the Pacers are a good position. Keep going, keep building forward. You got Turner, you got Halliburton, you got some good young rookies there. I like them. Same thing with the Magic. Hornets traded Pumley. I would have tried to trade Terry Rozier. I think Rozier is a guy that could have got some value. Even a Gordon Hayward. This team is going totally in for the number one pick. Pistons. The interesting move with the Pistons was they got James Wiseman. And he's going to provide rim protection. And I really think that there's two things that trade with the Pistons symbolizes. Was there something going on behind the scenes with Bay that I didn't know about? Which I think there could be because I saw a report come out saying that he was looking to do more ISO stuff, not the catch and shoot stuff he did his rookie year. Wiseman, obviously taller than Stewart, taller than Duran, who could provide some worm protection. And you're not going to trade for someone like Wiseman. I feel, I feel you're not going to make this trade if you don't think you're going to make the playoffs next year, as crazy as it sounds. Interesting move with the Pistons, but like I said, they do have the big men. That's why I don't get. On the flip side, maybe there was some issue with Bay that we don't know about. Nuggets. Nuggets are getting a lot of trash for trading Boats Highland. Here's the thing. Highland was walking off the bench. He didn't want to be there. He thought he should be starting. This is going to be another team that's going to be active in the buyout market. Have it be a Reggie Jackson. Have it be a Wolperton. They're basically the same as the Milwaukee Bucks. I do think the big thing they did is they got a backup center behind Joker. We saw how big it was when they had Plumlee. I absolutely love that. Got a backup, got Thomas Byron. He can actually stretch out and he can make a three. I actually like that move a lot. I like the Nuggets actually to come out of the West. And my thought process is this. They're going to be like the Bucks were the year the Bucks won it, where they just constantly lean on those teams with their size. And just in a seven-round playoff series, they just drag it out. Memphis Grizzlies. Look. I know a lot is being made. They did get Kennard, someone that can space the floor, a backup coming off, going to provide some floor spacing. But what people are saying, why didn't you go after Durant? Why didn't you trade for OG? Why didn't you trade for a Durant stopper? Look, this team is young. This team's overachieving. You got Dylan Brooks. I think they're going to lean on Dylan Brooks. And I think they really didn't want to give up any of their draft picks because something that this GM has shown is he's so good at drafting why would you give up those assets when you're just nailing draft pick after draft pick after draft pick? I love the fact that King stayed put. Keep going in the right direction. You're headed in the right direction. You're building something there. I like that. Mavericks obviously brought in Kyrie. Look, they're going to be lights out offensively. Defensively, I don't trust them at all. And who's going to get the ball at the end of the game? And when is Kyrie going to disappear? That's my thing with them. Clippers, look, they got Eric Gordon. I wish... This would have been made last year or two years before. Gordon was great with the Rockets when the Rockets did their thing with Chris Paul and James Harden, but that was a couple years ago. Are we still going to be able to see this Gordon that was there? I don't know because Father Time is undefeated. He does create space. He has been in the Western Conference Finals before and can knock down big shots. Plus, they got Mason Plumley, someone, a center. I really like Plumley. He's going to be able to come in. Do all the dirty work for him. I think that was a great pickup. Obviously, you got Bones Highland. 
look, he pities himself as a point guard. Maybe he can come in there and help and be the point guard. But one thing is, Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have both glamored for how much that they want to have a point guard. So I think that's something we need to watch out for, how Bones Highland is there. Maybe they go after Westbrook. I don't know. Obviously, the big one is Durant going to the Suns. Look, is that a great move? Yes, but you still have to want DeAndre Aiken there. Is Aiken a talent? Yes. But there's something going on with Monte Williams, and I cannot get out of my head how that game ended, game seven against the Mavericks. I don't know, man. I know everyone's saying they're the team to come out with Booker, Durant, and Chris Paul. But you got Paul, who's never won anything. You got Durant, who's a hell of a basketball player, phenomenal basketball player. But the last couple of years, the injury bug has got him. And then on top of that, you got Booker. And I'll tell you what, I'm not really a, the biggest Booker guy in the world. So the depth also took a hit in my eyes. I really don't know if I think the Suns can beat the Nuggets in a seven-game series. I, I just said that. Pelicans, the thing about the Pelicans are this. They have never played a... They have very limited games with all three of their guys. That's the thing with them. So I really don't know what we have with the Pelicans. Timberwolves, no idea what the hell they're doing. They're traded D'Lo to the Lakers. Barely got anything back. I literally got no idea, but actually I take that back. These guys are stubborn old dudes. Maybe they wanted Conley to prove that the Gobert trade was the right thing and he's worked with... Gobert and Conley have worked together. Maybe he's just trying to show, hey, I know what I'm doing. This worked out. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of of why you would try to do that. Portland Trailblazers, look, they got rid of Hart. They brought in Reddish, but Reddish ain't it. I really don't like that move. I liked Hart a lot. I think that was a silly mistake. Jazz, look, we all know what the Jazz are doing. Jazz are trying to rebuild. They're trying to get the number one pick, build up those assets, become Boston West. So I like what they're doing, bringing on more picks and everything. The Thunder, I'll tell you guys what, the Thunder are in a great position. I really like what they're doing, but they need to decide what they want to do with Shane Gillis-Alexander. This is one of the better players in the league right now, and he needs to start to learn how to win. They need to decide, are you going to take him? Are you going to trade him? What are you going to do with him? I think next year this team needs to make the playoffs. The Lakers. Here's the thing about the Lakers. Lakers need to probably go 16 and 10 in their last 30 games to make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Is their roster insanely better than what it was before? Hell yes. But that goes with LeBron. If LeBron isn't there, they're not going to win because Anthony Davis has proven that. And I have it from a very good, reliable source. Source Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook did get into it before the game. And I also have from the same source, AD wants out. AD wants out of LA. You heard it here first. And you're not going to believe where. You're not going to believe where, but I'm not at lib to say. I was told not to repeat that. I was told I could only share AD wants out. Spurs and Rockets, look, we all know what they're doing. They're tanking. They're unloading. That's my thoughts on the NBA and the NBA trade deadline. I think the biggest loser by far for me is the Miami Heat because they didn't make a move. This is a team that needs to win now because of Jimmy Butler, because of Bam. But look, they they couldn't make a move because no one wants to take on the Duncan Robinson salary. So this team is going to underachieve yet again. So that's why they are my biggest loser. 
And my biggest winner doesn't take a long division to figure out that. It has to be the Phoenix Suns. You got Kevin Durant. But my big worry with that is if Kevin Durant stand, can't stay healthy for the whole season. That are That is my thoughts on the NBA draft. Now we need to shift our attention to the Super Bowl. And we're going to start off our Super Bowl talk by talking some DFS. We have reached the Super Bowl. And of course, Nick at NAA Fantasy is going to come on and talk about how we should attack this by the DFS side of things. Nick, how are you doing today, my man? Great. I'm excited for the Super Bowl Sunday coming up. How about you? I'm excited. Sad to see the season end, but this opens up the work for the offseason. We all know the work in the offseason has to start now. If you missed last week's podcast, go to the YouTube channel. Nick and I tell you each. So six guys to fade, six guys to target, three each going into next year. This is when we have to start to make this stuff because... The stuff that happened the last season is fresh in our minds. So this is why we need to be on point for this and doing this. So if you guys haven't checked that out, you missed it, go to my YouTube channel, etof 21 Sports, check it out. Nick and I give you an early look into next season. But this week, we're here to talk about the Super Bowl. And what we're going to do, since it is the showdown slate, we're just going to go by position, give you our thoughts on every guy, if there's some guy we really like, some guy we don't like, and then you can build your own lineup accordingly. We're going to start out with the quarterback position. We're going to start out with the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Where is your thought with him? You know, he's still got the question mark around his ankle. Um, you know, the Eagles pass rush might be able to get home on him, uh, could, could injure it even more. Um, you know, the question mark is, can the Eagles – or the Chiefs offensive line block the Eagles. And then, you know, there's there's a lot of injuries to the Chiefs playmakers. Um, there's still a question mark with Kelsey's back. Uh, Miko Hardman is out. Um, so who's, who's Mahomes going to be throwing to? There's other injuries out lying out there, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's still going to get the ball out to whomever is open. He's able to make incredible plays every game. You know, he's still averaging 25.3 points per game and he's the best quarterback in the game right now. So. It's kind of crazy. As you said, he's the best quarterback in the game. Just when the MVP, like you said, led the league in passing yards, 25.3 points per game scored the most points in terms of fantasy player, he was fantasy football's number one player. It's hard to go against him. It's really hard when you say that out loud, but this Eagles defense is elite. Where's your head with Jalen Hurts? Again, I mean, Hurts has got a shoulder injury. He's nursing still. Uh, we saw him miss some throws last game against the 49ers. Uh, you know, if the Eagles get up early in this game, how much is he really going to throw? Um, you know, is the rushing upside still there for him? I'm leaning towards no, uh, just due to his injuries. I think they're trying to save him a little bit. It is a Super Bowl, though, so you never know. They he may go all out. <laughs> but uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, how does this Lane Johnson injury affect the uh the pass protection for the Eagles as well? If I'm Spagnola, I'm lining Chris Johnson up over 
Landon Johnson. Sorry, Chris Jones up all the time until they make an adjustment. And then what is that adjustment? Do you have Stroll come in to be an extra blocker, thus taking a wide receiver weapon off? I don't know. It's going to be a very, very interesting chess match. Now, let, let me ask you this. Let, let, let me just ask you this. Let's say we're doing the segment. It's week 11, week 10, whatever. Eagles, fully healthy. Chiefs, fully healthy. Perfect weather. Perfect everything. And it's a regular slate, and we had to pick one of these guys. Who do you think you would pick? Moms. Yeah. I mean, you kind of got to. You, you, you kind of got. You kind of have to. Yeah. Now, with the running back position, it's really interesting with the running back position. We're going to start with Philadelphia, and we're not going to talk about Boston Scott. All this Boston Scott stuff, he can just go away. Boston Scott can go away. He can just go away. <laughs> we're going to focus on Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts about Gainwell because the thing that interests me about Gainwell, if the Eagles get down, they're going to have to throw the ball. The Chiefs gave up the fourth most receiving yards to opposing running backs. Is Gainwell, if I think the Chiefs are going to win, does it gain well make more sense to play than Sanders? Yeah. If the, if the Eagles are playing from behind, yes. Um, you know, Gainwell's got more upside there for sure. Now, where's your head with Miles Sanders? So, you know, we know that the chiefs have only given up about 81 yards on the ground to opposing running backs this year. Um, they have given up the fourth most yards uh, in the receiving game to opposing running backs, like you said. Um, but with with this most likely being Sanders' last game with the Eagles, I think I think they're going to give him the ball, give him more carries, and uh, you know, especially if they get up early, they're they're really going to try to get him a rushing touchdown. I think he's going to get at least one in this game. Um, the thing know. that wouldn't surprise me to piggyback what you said, hypothet hypothetically, let's say first quarter, Sanders scores, second quarter, whatever. Sanders scores, give them like a 7-0, 7-3 lead, okay? Mm -hmm. that, let's say they do that, okay? Then let's say he gets another one. So he's sitting on two. They're up 14-3, whatever. I think because it's his last game and what Nick and I mean by that is he's an unrestricted free agent going into next season. And with the Eagles salary cap situation, we don't see a world where they can re-sign re him. I think they try to give him, you know, you know what I mean? I think they try to get him a couple more TDs because it is a swan song there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, we could easily see a, what was it? James White, a James White type game. Like uh, Patriots, Falcons back in the day, James White three. What do you have? Three or four touchdowns in that Super Bowl? <laughs> three I just touchdowns. To you for a reminder, because I had a James White MVP ticket in that game at like eighty to one, <laughs> and he should have won it. And he should have won it, not Brady. <laughs> yeah. But it's just absolutely disgusting. I know. For the reminder. Yeah, you're welcome. Now. 
in terms of the Chiefs, very interesting side note, Chiefs did activate Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Kind of the elephant in the room. We really don't know what to expect to, uh, of um, whose carries is going to cut in. Is he actually going to play? We, re we really don't know what we're going to get from him. So that leaves us with Pacheco and McKinnon. Let's start with Pacheco. Pacheco, I, I love Pacheco. He's my guy now. Um, you know, McKinnon has really taken a back seat lately, and he's been a zero factor in the rushing game since the the Houston Texans game. Um, so the only worry for me is if the the script gets away from the Chiefs and they get down early, then Pacheco, you know, he doesn't have a lot of receiving upside. In the last few games, he's actually had more receptions um, down the stretch. But it still does bring down that value a little bit. So the key thing that I think we need to watch, though, is the game day actives. And if they, if the Chiefs activate multiple tight ends, then we could definitely see a heavy rushing attack from the Chiefs. Um, and that would be where Pacheco would definitely eat in this game. Now, you said something really interesting when we're talking about the running backs you've mentioned a couple times how you think the game is going to play out. Mm. So basically how I'm interpreting what you're saying is that I think the Eagles are going to win comfortably. I'm going to go with Sanders and McKinnon. If I think it's the flip that the Eagles are going to win comfortably. No, sorry. The chiefs I'll go with Pacheco and Gainwell. Am I understanding what, your thought process correctly there? Yeah, I think that's I think that's the best uh, strategy for this, um, depending on which uh, way you think the game is going to go. Yes. Now let's switch our attention over to the wide receiver position. Obviously, we'll start with the Eagles first. I mean, let's start. It's always funny. Everyone always says wide receiver one, wide receiver two, lead wide receiver. You can kind of make the argument that the Eagles actually have two wide receiver ones in AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Where are you going to use? Are you like, where's your head at with these guys? I mean, it's tough because I mean, the Eagles do a great job of creating mismatches with both of them. So, and they have huge advantages here against the chiefs DBs. I mean, as we all know, the Chiefs' secondary is is not great. Uh, Sneed got hurt, and we still don't know what his playing status is right now. Um, you know, and that means that Joshua Williams could see playing time. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Eric, you could beat him in coverage. So I, <laughs> Nick, I think you're really underestimating how quick my first step is off the release. I really think, I really think. You know, you're you're underestimating that my ability to high point a ball. Oh, I have every route in the route tree. I really think you're in a. I really think you're underestimating my my prowess and the uh, being hey, able to. I said I said you could beat a professional <laughs> football corner. Okay, <laughs> I'm not selling you short. <laughs> and I think the important thing to remember is they're dealing with some rookies. They yeah. got. McDuffie and Watson and I just I just don't know if because we made such a big deal of Brock Purdy leading up to this 
Now we need to make a big deal. These guys, are these guys going to be able to handle stuff in pressure situations? And then we kind of look at if the Chiefs can't stop the run, they play cover two. What does cover two do? It hides your DBs. So if they can't play cover two because the Eagles have to run, they're going to have to play cover one. Then that's going to open up stuff for Smith and for Brown. Right. Let's say if I said, Nick, you have to pick one. You have to pick one. Who would you go with? I'm actually going to go with Devonta Smith because he's had five receptions or more in 14 of the 19 games he's played this year. Um we all know that AJ Brown has that big playability, but I feel like he's going to be the guy that is more gets more attention. And I just I really like Smith. I think he's a great wide receiver one and a half. Let's say <laughs> since they both are basically a, a wide receiver one. Oh. I think Smith is a stud. I like Smith a lot. I think he's going to eat. I think Brown could eat too. I think yeah. <laughs> You know, so it's kind of – I would say this, though. In your showdown slate, you need to have one in your lineup. Yes, absolutely. One of those. Pick, yeah. You need to pick which one, and you need to take a stand against another one. Now, the other two wide receivers we've seen that have gotten run are Quedes, Quedes Watkins and Zach Pascal. Any one of those guys as a long shot dart throw as a punt that you'd be interested in? I mean, Quez Watkins is, you know, his production is down since, you know, Goddard play, started playing again. So he's really a no-go. But uh, Pascal's interesting. You know, he's a better blocker. Um, but with Johnson being banged up, maybe we'll see Pascal playing a more, playing more to help with the blocking. And he might be a dart throw. Um, but... I at this point I'm not I'm not throwing him in the lineup. Okay. Now let's shift our attention over to the Kansas City side of the ball. Obviously, Mr. TikTok himself, Juju Smith Schuster is next. Any thoughts on Juju? Juju you know, he's he's lined up in the slot 41% of the time this year. And with the uncertainty of Maddox's injury, uh, you know, this could be a matchup that the Chiefs actually exploit. Uh, Juju also, also needs to play 50% of the snaps in this game to get a $1 million bonus. So, so I think he's going to be out there. I'm saying it right now. Juju's active. Yeah, Juju's yeah. playing this game, and he's going to play 50% of the snaps. I'm yeah, he, he wants the money. <laughs> he's I'm getting his money. Now. So, yeah, I'm he's going to be out there, and he's going to get he's gonna get his, his playing time. So, I think that would be a guy in the Chiefs to kind of take a gander at. I know most people are going to look at Kelsey, which we'll get to in a little bit. Now, let's shift our attention over to the law firm. MBS. And the thing about him is I got an interesting text message from one of my buddies who's a scout in the league during the AFC championship game. And his, and his text message read Mahomes leaning on NBS to the Super Bowl, just like everyone predicted. So he's obviously coming over off his career game. I just, I never like playing a premium for someone that just had 
their best game ever. Do you, do you, do you think, I guess, where's your head at? Do you think we can repeat it? Do you think he's like an upgrade from where he is a, a downgrade or is, can we expect the same production from what we saw from him in the Bengals game? I really don't see him getting the same production uh, from that Bengals game. I mean, the Eagles give up the third fewest plays of 20 plus yards during the regular season. Mm -hmm. And what is MVS's big thing? Big plays downfield. I mean, he played for the Packers. I know, I know exactly what Rogers did. He always tried to throw that 40, 50 yard pass down to MVS and try to get him that big play downfield, but the Eagles just don't give that up. So 60% of his production came when he was lined up outside where he's going to be facing either Slay or Bradbury. And I, I just don't, I don't see him getting those numbers and he's not worth the price in my opinion. And some of this stuff is just common sense. Slay and Bradbury, phenomenal corners. He's lining up there 60% of the time. And they've given up the third fewest plays of 20 yards. He's not an underneath guy. He's a field stretcher type of guy. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Next, we have the modern day Percy Harvin, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> and why do I call him that? The one thing with Harvin is he'd always be hurt. He would always have some sort of injury. And I really feel that's where Tony is right now, that he always has some fluky injury. I just don't think this guy likes to play football, but that's not me to speculate. What? Where's your head with Kadarius Tony? Yeah, kind of the same thing. I mean, obviously the injuries he's dealing with. And uh, again, the Eagles don't give up a ton of explosive plays, uh, you know. So I – I'd anticipate his usage to ramp up, you know, towards the red zone if the Chiefs are in the red zone a lot. But I don't know if he's somebody I'd really lean on. Um, you know, he really disappointed in the uh, AFC Championship game a couple of weeks ago too. He had one catch. I mean, part of me kind of feels they're they're they're, they're trying to make him into a poor man's. Don't get me wrong, a very poor man's. Very, very poor man's Tariq Hill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, not that's, even close. But no, sometimes how I feel when I'm watching these games, they're just getting so gimmicky with them like they would with Tyreek instead of having Tyreek start stretch the field. I feel they're still getting a little too gimmicky with them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Next one, my man. He was actually missed the AFC Championship game. Justin Watson, what do you think about him? I mean, he's a he's a deep <laughs> deep home run threat here. Uh, you know, he missed missed AFC Championship game due to an illness, but you know, he's actually sported a fifty percent snap rate in nine of his previous ten games. So he's a he's a dart throw, in my opinion. And if they're lacking, like if Hardman yeah. can't go, which I don't think Hardman's going to be able to go. No, yeah. Hardman's out. Yeah. Yeah. So if Tony Smith, you know, we're going through these guys. If he's the only one there, he's the only one there. Do you think he's worth a dart throw? And with his price point, all it takes is one play. If that plays a touchdown, you're in it. Yeah. Guy Moore. Where's your head with him? You know, Another dart throw here. I mean, he can line up inside and outside, but, you know, he's he actually posted most 
most targets in a game is last outing, but you know, again, the Eagles aren't giving up big plays here. So he, he is a dart throw, you know, he could get some underneath stuff. Um, but he's, he's not going to get the production that you're looking for. If you're trying to get a big, a big point production here. Or sometimes he returns kicks, returns punts. Maybe he can break on his toes. You get that. But my thing is this, and this is just me. When these fringe guys, MVS, Sky Moore, come off career games, I don't want to be chasing the previous week. Because of that, out of principle, I feel I can't use them. You may differ. Do you differ? Or do you think the same way? Or No, I think the same way because, you know, their, their prices balloon up and, you know, people – People go after that, but they're not worth it because they're not consistently doing that week in and week out. So I go in a different direction every time. (laughs) Now, in terms of defenses, both these defenses can get you to the quarterback. I believe the Chiefs led the AFC in sacks. The Eagles led the NFC in sacks. But... I really only think if you think this is going to be a lower scoring game than you play one of the defenses, do you think this game is going to be that lower scoring? I, I don't think it's going to be that low scoring. I don't think it's going to be a, a under 20, 20 points on each side. I think they're both, both teams are going to score over 20 points. So with that being said, defense is get, Would you agree defense would be off the board then or? I mean, you can still you can still get points off of off of uh, defenses. So you know, I I think I think in my opinion, I'm I lean a little bit more towards the Eagles D over over the Chiefs just because overall statistically they're better. Um, you know, they could still give up over 20 points and still have a solid game with sacks and maybe some turnovers. So you know, I would lean to the Eagles if I had to pick one. But I, I I can't I can't play the Chiefs. No. Now, in a rarity, we have two of the top five fantasy football tight ends. Uh, Dallas Godert, Goddard, Dallas Goddard, and Travis Kelsey. Talk to us about both. You know, Kelsey's still he's still got that back injury trying to figure out if he's 100 percent healthy or not. Um, you know, Chiefs were lining him up outside against the Bengals. <laughs> we're trying to limit his, you know, him getting hit. Uh, but yeah, they kept on doing that weird. Like it seemed like every time they lined him inside and they he ran a hook. It was like a hook and lateral. It, 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 it was like they were trying to avoid him getting hit. Yeah. So if he's got a lineup in the outside and he's lining up against Bradbury and Slay, I really think that's – I think that's a real tough matchup. It is. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, after two weeks after the back spasm issue, I mean, he might be able to, um, you know, be a little bit closer to 100%. Uh, you know, he's still going to go out there and give it his all because he's Travis Kelsey. Um, but, yeah, we'll see who actually covers him. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Kelsey. Eagles do kind of run a pass funnel defense. Stuff will be opened up underneath. I do think that, me personally, you got to – if you think the Chiefs are going to win, you have to stack both. Or – do you just play one of them if you think the Eagles are going to win? 
Yeah. That's kind of the way you have to start thinking about this. Because one thing that's important that we need to remember is when we make these lineups, how we think the game's going to play out in our head, that's what our fantasy football is going to dictate. If we think that, hypothetically, this isn't the case for me, let's say I think the Chiefs are going to win 42-7. to I'm not going to have Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurt. You know what I mean? I'm going to have it. Okay, Chiefs defense, Patrick Mahomes. I'll have Kenneth Gainwell pass it. I'll have Travis Kelsey. That's what I need. That That's how you got to build it. And it's important to remember this because a lot of the people that message me asking for help, I kind of feel, and no offense to those listening, that you're just trying to fill the salary in and not have your lineup tell a story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. You're just trying to take the whole salary cap and just – yeah. get it to zero which isn't the case because i'll be honest no. when i've had my best hits i haven't used i've had a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars left over right gotta play the yeah. matchups the last one dallas goddard thoughts you know the chiefs run a pass funnel system so you know how how are the eagles going to use him you know we could see him in the slot a little bit Um, you know, again, with that funnel system, you know, Goddard could actually do very well in this game, uh, you know, getting out quick, some quick passes, uh, especially if they do line them up in that slot area. So I actually, actually kind of like Dallas Goddard here. I think Goddard's a a serious dude. And again, if you think, think the Eagles are going to win, that's going to be a guy. So just kind of remember Hypothetically, if I think the Chiefs are going to win, I'll probably have Mahomes in my captain spot. I'm going to do Pacheco. I'll take Kenneth Gainwell because they're going to be forced to pass the the Eagles will. And then I'll just kind of go from there. If I think the Eagles are going to win, that's going to be the tricky thing. I think you have to put either Sanders or Hurts in your captain position, go from there, but include McKinnon because the the Chiefs will be down and they'll be forced to pass. So this is always kind of an interesting thing. There is not as much variance. Nick and I like it where there's a full 16-game slate. We can dive in and have a debate about which Houston Texan wide receiver is it to target. These games, and there's just one, look, you got to get lucky, and you have to think outside the box what other people aren't going to do. And you need one of those guys to be on your roster and that guy to produce. Always fun. Nick, I really immensely appreciate you coming on here during the season, we started this up about week 12. Pretty successful. We've been going, listening throughout the whole way. We're going to have this back next year where we'll be doing this from week one on out. So I'm really looking forward to that. But also on top of that, Nick and I will be doing little stuff leading up to the start of the season, looking at some rookies where we're interested where they're drafted, going to that. We'll do that one after the draft. But then also kind of going through, okay, quarterback rankings and whatnot right now at the end of the season. And we're going to keep those and then we're going to make adjustments to them right before the season. So the next week or two, we'll start with the tight end position and just kind of give our early tight end rankings and just like little tidbits why we have them. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. That's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. Nick, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day on a Friday for those 
obviously no one else would listen. We had a little technical issues, technical issues on my part. Thank you, Xfinity Comcast. You guys are obviously the best. I appreciate that. Uh, so I apologize for that, Nick. Why don't you tell everyone where to find you on social media? You can find me at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. And Eric, it's always been a pleasure. I look forward to continuing this week after week until we get to next year's football season. Looking forward to, to it, my friend. And let's before I let you go, why don't you give your prediction? Who do you think will win and what the score is? Oh, I think the Eagles will win the game 28 to 24. Oof, bar what about you? Game. I think the Eagles will win uh, 24-10, something around there. So that's All kind right. of think it's going to be so we both think the eagles are going to score both 28 think, both, <laughs> both think the eagles are going to be around there so. nick i'd like to thank you for coming on my man we will talk soon my friend please give my boy nick a follow great guy knows his stuff answer any dm answer anything you want to know about fantasy football his twitter handle is at naa fantasy make sure to give him a follow really knows his stuff now, let's switch our attention over to betting. David and I are an insane 34 and 23 and 3 ATS picking games on the podcast. So let's see what our four best bets are for the last NFL betting segment of the year. Now, we've reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk about betting and who better to come on. David at BetterDP21. We are a robust 36, 23, and 3 following that two weeks ago, excuse me, betting NFL, making some money. I've been following our bets. David, how you doing today, my man? Doing well, man. It's been a long week. Um, glad it's Friday. I'm looking forward to Super Bowl weekend like everybody else right now. It should be a good game on paper. Very intriguing matchup. I will say this, the more I dive into to Jalen Hurts, I'm starting to like him more and more, just becoming more and more of a fan of his, just in all the all the stuff that he's had to overcome in his career with the Saban BS and what happened at Phil, Philly when he got drafted. But I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a great game. The big question is, my man, you know, I didn't see you last week, man. What'd you, what, what'd you do last weekend? Like, what'd you do last Sunday, dude? Because I, my place <laughs> had never looked so clean in its life last Sunday. I mean, like, I was, like, doing floors, doing the showers. You know, I did. My place looked immaculate come Sunday I, night, Monday morning. I'll, I'll tell you what I did. I went into a dark hole of playing poker with one of my boys for about a 48-hour binge through <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> like... I'm telling you, we were doing back-to-back tournaments like all evening and night and day until almost three in the morning and, you know, catching some rest, jumping back up and doing it all over again. So to that point, I went into a hole of, uh, of poker for the, for the weekend versus, you know, anything football related. So you had a better weekend than me. I mean, I was, I was, I, think so. <laughs> you were playing poker. I was here cleaning my place. Yep. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Making so, money, cashed on one of the two tournaments. It was good. It was great. Well, I well, I mean, I did go to I, – I didn't tell you this story. I'll tell everyone listening, too. I had to go to a new dentist because my dentist the, – the, I guess this was the one thing. On that the happened. weekend? Yeah, dude. 
I mean, I'm a busy guy. You know, this dentist is open <laughs> one open on the weekend. Dentists here are open once one Saturday a month. <laughs> so I got an appointment. I go. I have my phone going because I currently I'm sitting on Vodtech. Pick them minus one ten. So I'm like looking at my phone, you know, doing that thing. Go in. I'm filling out the paperwork. My head's down. New dentist. New area. And I hear in the screechiest voice, oh, my God, you got to be fucking kidding me. Some girl that I dated four to five years ago comes strolling in. Needless to say, her and I did not have the best breakup in the world. Yeah, yeah, that that was a fun. That was a fun time, dude. That was a fun time. (laughs) I said, good to see you, too. And she was like, huh. So, yeah, it was fun. That was really, really, really fun at the dentist for me, my friend. Sounds like it. Um. (laughs) So that, yeah, that was my big Saturday activity. So let's jump into these bets. I got some weird player props, some weird props of the game, but I do have some reasoning behind them. You are going to have your total for the half and a side. I'll let you start us off, my friend. All right, very good. And hey, you know, it's been a pleasure. What a wild season has been. Like you said, robust numbers for us coming to this point. I also just, you know, uh, I really just want to say thank you for all that time. You know, this has been awesome. So jumping into the first half here, we're looking at, you know, uh, the over of 24 and a half. Uh, my model has got this at an average of about 31 points. Um, you can get plus 100 odds on that number of, of hitting the over right now. So I really like the edge for this. I mean, you're definitely talking about, you know, strong both defensive teams, and offensively, but their passing defense is actually middle of the road for both of these teams. So I can really see them airing it out early within the within the first half. I mean, really all game. I'm going to be rooting for the over in this one just as a whole, but your best, your best edge in terms of anything uh, that it comes down to for this uh, you know, first half is, or, or just the total between the full game and the first half is going to be in the first half. So I'm going with the over 24 and a half. I love my edge there and I'm taking it where I can. I love, it's, it's going to be a real interesting matchup. There's going to, there's so many dominoes that can fall with what, what are the Eagles going to do for the Lane Johnson injury? How are the chiefs going to stop their deficiencies defending the middle? which I feel is going to open up something else. And to piggyback on your total, on, on, on your thought process, the Chiefs were on the cover two right. to protect against their DBs, their young DBs. If the Eagles start running the ball with success, which I both think they will, they're going to switch over to the cover one, which is going to open stuff up in the passing game for Brown, Smith, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I could see this game ballooning out too in that first half. So I like that play a lot. My first one has to do with the first play of the game. Will there be a touchback? (laughs) I went no plus 160. Four of the last five have been returned. Looking at the Eagles and the Chiefs, they have low touchback percentages. Also, I was talking to my boy, Reed, who I used to coach, played college football, played a very lo- high level of D3 football. And his comment about this was, 
guys in these championship type games are just so amped up that they're just, they don't care. They're just going to first play of the game. They're going to try to make a play. They're going to take it out. And then I was talking to my, my boy, David, and I don't, another David, not yeah. you. You're the original David. You're the original David. I was talking to my appreciate other, it. Appreciate it. you're the, you're the OG David. I was talking to Dave Weaver who, um, who I've gotten to know over this past year. And he mentioned to me why he liked this play was he was listening to McAfee and McAfee said that the ball that is kicked off to start the game, isn't a ball that the kickers get beforehand because the Hmm. ball goes into the hall of fame. So normally what a kicker does, they scruff it up. They make it the way they want it so they can get what they want in the kickoff. That's not the thing with the kickoff. It's a brand new ball. After it is, it's shipped off the Canton. They can't make the scuffing on it that they normally would. That's why the kicks tend to be a little bit short. So I think there's value at Noah plus 160. So that's why I locked that play in. I just love the odds of that. Yeah. I just think that, I mean, every situational factor you you just described supports it. But, I mean, I would think that anyway, to your point, First play of the game. Who doesn't want to try and go out and make a play? First play of the game. Like everybody knows the focus is on you catching that ball and doing something with it. And er nobody wants to just see, oh, let's just come up to the 20 and 25 and, you know, then start the game. No, like get up there, catch the ball, run it out, see if like, you know, you can make something exciting happen. So I'm with you. I, I love the odds on that. I think that's a Awesome prop it right there. I think it's a great. I think it's a great thing. I was a little jealous because when Reed told me about it, he got it. He got it at plus like plus one eighty five. So I was a little oh, wow. Party. Yeah. So oh, that, that's Vegas realizing they made a mistake. <laughs> what is your next bet, my friend? All right. So keeping with the trend of first half and full game, I'm going full game. Kansas City Chiefs money line plus one hundred. Um, you know, my uh, my lines actually got this closer to minus one or just one overall. It's at one and a half. Was as high as, you know, two and a half or two uh, within some books when this, you know, came out about a week or so ago. And, you know, the lines obviously come down a little bit. However, this is also my thought. You know, I look at where the ticket money is. It's 67% of the money is on Philly. And... I am just that person to go with the underdog at that point. And, you know, you know me, I like to, I like to take the dog money where I can. You're getting even money on a very proven AFC team with the chiefs. And, you know, they're, they've been to this show, like what, three of the last five years or something like that. And, you know, it's, uh, I look at it like, you know, Vegas's liability is on Philly right now. And I, do not want to be on the side of the public for this kind of game. So, you know, this is this has kind of been my my thought process the last two years of the Super Bowl when it came to betting on Cincy last year with you. I gave out Cincy plus three and a half. They covered. They, they right. hit that. Um, then I took Tampa Bay on the money line the year before that. So check on that one as well. You know, I'm I'm keeping with that same mentality going into this this game. I am going to go against the public money. I'm going to go with the dog money, even though it's just even money. I, 
that point and a half is not enough for me to I, this is definitely going to be like a three point kind of game. I, it's going to be a very tight game in my opinion, but you know, unless there's some crazy two point conversion, which obviously could happen the way these two teams run the ball and have some creative, um, you know, offense at the line there, but I, I don't, I'm going to avoid the one I'm going to take the even, you know, even odds where I can. And, uh, and I'm running with that with KC. So yeah, that's where I'm going with my second bet. I like it. I like it. Now, what should you do if you're someone like me and has KC 12 to one and Eagles 30 to one, just sit it out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're sitting so pretty, man. Like, unless you want to just find a way to, like, I mean, you said 12 to one on Philly. I got 12 to one at Casey was 12 to one in April. Let that yeah, sit. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I also have Philly 30 to one from April. Yeah, you're you're just sitting and enjoying the show, man. And then also, like, you know what's crazy? Like, I got Mahomes at plus four fifty to have the most passing yards, which he did. And then I got Mahomes at seven to one to be the MVP, which was announced last night. Mahomes yeah. could be funding my next vacation. I guess that's my point. He could easily be funding my next vacation with with the futures I've hit. I like I mean, it. That's that's awesome. I I think you're <laughs> if I'm you, I'm I'm just sitting back relaxing. <laughs> I like it. And you know what? I'm I'm I'll 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 let I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. I'm a closet math nerd. I'm pretty good okay. at math. Okay. So this is the math I have for you. And I was playing around with this when you were talking. Who are the two most logical guys to win MVP? Mahomes and Kelsey, right? For the Chiefs. Right. So Mahomes is plus 130. Kelsey is plus 1600, 16 to 1. If I put $100 on Mahomes and then $13.53 on Kelsey at 16 to 1, I've just locked myself into a $116 profit either way. Yeah, assuming the Chiefs win. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, but you know what I mean? That's, you know what I'm I mean, saying? that just backs up my statement, right? Like, yeah. you know, going with that, yeah, if you're going down the path of committing to that team and that side, you 100% yeah. know it's going to be those two players. I so, mean, it's always a QB. You got you to put money on the QB for MVP. So hypothetically, let's say I'm listening to this or watching this on YouTube. Yep. And I have 200 bucks. Do you think I put 200 bucks on the money line or do you think I put a hundred on the money line and then do what I did just in case something, you know what I mean? Like hypothetically it's a defensive struggle and Chris Jones has five sacks or, you know what I mean? Like something funky, or would you just put all your money on the chiefs just to eliminate the liability risk? I guess that's my question. Yeah. I mean, I get creative when, when I start looking at, you know, even odds across the board somewhere or just mm-hmm. underdog odds and, and where I'm trying to then split out my like one unit of play, if you will, like let's, let's call that a full unit, right? Like $200 is your unit. I'll put a hundred dollars on the chief's money line knowing, okay, that's half of it there. And then I would probably split the other half like across those two MVP bets and, you know, just see, if you hit just kind of all three in a row somehow, obviously the one is going to 
to miss, but you're at least, you know, to your point, reducing your liability across by having both of them covered. So yeah. it's kind of a hedge, but it's a small hedge, but it's still a profitable hedge. So yeah, it's just, it's just a different way to think about it. Now, obviously like the chiefs can win and someone else could win the MVP, but I'm seeing 99% of the time it's either going to be Kelsey or Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, no other names really stick out to me. It's not like anybody in their backfields really, you know, I mean, maybe a rotating backfield and maybe, maybe one of the receivers. A little bit, you know what I mean? Get right. We're going maybe because the Eagles can be run on, but I don't think a running back has won it in like 15 years. Well, that was what I'm thinking of too. I'm like, I, I would think quarterback or tight end. I mean, Kelsey for sure. So I, it's, it's just another way. And like with the Super Bowl, there's so many creative ways to play it, which brings me to my final bet. Okay. Now this one, like we talked about last, last, last time we talked chiefs sacks, got that, got Jones, got Jones early, early, but I'm going the different direction. I'm taking the Eagles to have the most sacks in the game at plus 109. I have my little rankings where I rank offensive line and defensive line. I have the Eagles defensive line in pass pro getting to the quarterback as number one. I have the Chiefs as 17. I think they're going to be able to get home. I think with Reddick having such a great game that it's going to open up stuff for Sweat, who has five sacks in his last five games. Hargrave, who has one, who got one sack last time. And I think it's going to open up stuff for them to be able to get home. And I think the Eagles offensive line is going to be able to protect Hurts enough where he's not going to be pressured as much as Mahomes is. So I like sacks plus 109. I will say this. I got Reddick. They had Reddick at plus 120 on FanDuel for a sack. That's all the way up to minus 196. I wouldn't play that. But I do think there's some value in the sweat and Hargrave to get a sack props because both those are plus 160 and plus 175 last time I checked. But I'll just play the Eagles to have more sacks at plus 109. I think that's awesome. Also, to to you being such a math nerd, as soon as you <laughs> looked, told me those numbers of what you had for your lines of the Chiefs and Eagles, that is funny. My, mine are not far off from you. I got Eagles as number three and yeah. the Chiefs at 14. So, yeah. Right you know, I'm, I'm right there with you um, within, you know, three deviation. But like, man, that is I think that is great. I think I think plus odds on that defensive line is it makes sense. I just I think this is going to be a great game and it definitely should be. Because it has big shoes to fill in because that game last year was an absolute barn burner. And we have my girl Rihanna. Hopefully she plays. I'll be honest. I was, I was very amazed by my lack of Rihanna knowledge. I think the only songs I know are "Umbrella," "Unfaithful," and "Shut Up and Drive." I think my those are the. I think those are the only Rihanna songs I know. So I was a little disappointed <laughs> in myself for my lack of pop culture. But that's what happens when you get old. You didn't, you didn't know about her birthday cake song? No. <laughs> No idea, dude. No idea. But you know what? I can I can name every single Easy E, every single Bone Thugs. Every I'm with you on that. I, I'm I'm right there with you on that I, too. I go three Rihanna songs. That's all I bring to the table. That is literally all I bring to the table. That's good. Uh, 
David, thanks for coming on. We are going to actually continue this, but we're going to be shifting over to either doing college or NBA because that's going to be a big thing moving forward. So this is going to continue. So I'm looking forward to that. We have set a very high bar in NFL going 36, 23 and three. So I'm looking forward to that. No pressure, but I did have LMU money line and Purdue pepper dime money line last night. No pressure, whatever. But you know, I like those dogs, man. So David, thanks for coming on. Make sure to give him a follow. And uh, we'll be talking some hoops next week, my friend. Thanks, Eric. That is it for the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave a review. Really helps me out. Also, the eTalk21 Sports Show is back live Tuesday night. XFL Gym comes on. We take a look back at the Super Bowl, look at some XFL stuff because the XFL is starting. And... We'll tell you some college basketball games to lock in. Make sure to set the reminders for that. Please give my boy David a follow at BetterDP21 on Instagram and Twitter. And also give my boy Nick a follow at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, boys and girls.